There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, hello there. My name's Ben. I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. For some reason, you like caught me off guard at that intro. <laughs> I did. Like I was just sitting here drinking my tea and be like, oh shit, well, this is what we're doing. You watched me hit record. I didn't actually. My mic's in the way. I can't see. Well, you were staring at your microphone then? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> is it an interesting microphone? How's that vantage point? Oh, well, you know, I have mic issues. I yeah, always feel do. like this thing's in my face. Well, that's because it is in it your is face. It is in my face. It's right there. Yeah. Welcome to Wicked and Grim. (laughs) How's everyone doing? (laughs) We're actually drinking hot drinks today, not alcohol. I was freezing. I needed tea. I am tired. I needed coffee. There you go. Yeah. Boom. And we're recording early today. Oh, yes. We're basically like got our homework done early for once in our lives. Instead of recording the day before the podcast The night before. The night before. Literally hours before. Um, we, we are actually a whole day ahead. It's Sunday right it's now. It's Sunday night. Good for us. High five on High this one. High five. Oh, uh, I hit my mic. Way to go. Um, I'm actually really <laughs> proud of us. Like, seriously, we deserve that pat on the back. We do. We do. 100%. We also need a pat on the back for something else that's going on. What's that? The website that we're starting. Mm-hmm. That you're doing. It looks freaking fab. It's it's pretty blah right now. I thought it looked good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It, it's bare bones at this moment. And I'm sure by the time we get it updated, or sorry, not updated, but uploaded and out there on the interwebs for people to go visit, it's still going to be pretty bare bones. Um, and we'll just develop it over time. But to but get it, something out there. I'm, it doesn't have to be fancy. No, it's not going to be fancy. We're not fancy peeps. But, but I mean, we? like, it's not going to have a bunch of stuff on it. It's going to be pretty basic. You can listen to the the podcast episodes on there. Which is cool. We're going to have a little bit of a blog that we're not going to post a lot on, but we will post some updates, that sort of stuff. Some little bit of behind the scenes for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and other stuff. <laughs> stuff and things. Stuff and things and things and stuff. There you go. It sounds awesome. Everyone's going to want to check it out. Exactly. Just like <laughs> our description, just like everyone's going to run. We sold it. We sold it. <laughs> We're going to be a whole Netflix series here soon with this website. Just people like, oh, my God, get them on Netflix. They need a show. Speaking of show, actually, that was a good like interlude. That for this. was actually that was <laughs> your transitions. Pat on the back. Wow. <laughs> uh, so we, we, we started doing a little bit of vlogging today. Yeah. So we're going to post stuff on a YouTube channel soon. We, we're going to give that out to you guys soon. We don't even know the name of it. It's not going to be Wicked and Grim, I don't think, because it's going to involve like more lifestyle, lifestyle stuff. Lifestyle stuff. Well, yeah, because the vlog today was like just a shit show, really, of our life. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> because our life is kind of a shit show right now. Um, 
And I just wanted to say too, our tiny home has officially started being built. Yes. The construction's being built. We got photos on Friday. It was unreal. And we talk about that in the vlog that we're going to get up hopefully soon, but God knows when. Yeah. So that's (laughs) super cool. It's, yeah, it was a bit of an interesting vlog, but it's still, that's just what our life is right now. Yeah. You, You can tell we're tired. You can tell we're run down. You can tell we're also like excited for what's happening, but. I'm like this close to being on the verge of starting to drink coffee. Like Shit. we're getting there. By can, the end of this summer, I might be drinking coffee. Oh, we need to get you. We need to get a French press so you can have actual like delicious, I know, amazing coffee. It, it's coming. I need it. <laughs> it's coming. And then one more quick thing. One more we're thing. We're like so much yeah. to talk about. Um, we had our giveaway. We did, which was super cool. Thanks for entering, everyone. Yes. I'm actually pretty pumped to give this away. So. Yeah. So we're gonna announce it tomorrow or. Monday, but then you guys will be hearing this on Tuesday. So it's already announced the yeah. winner. So it's check it out. It's our tomorrow, but your yesterday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Yes. So, tomorrow or Monday, we're posting it on Instagram, the winner. It's already been closed, but the winner is being announced yeah. on Monday. So congrats, early congrats to them. Okay. I thought you were almost going to say it. Just congrats to them. Don't say who. Don't no, give I'm it not. away. I'm not. Okay, good. I want to, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm keeping a secret for once in my life. Congratulations. So... All this craziness aside, you ready for the story? I am. Because I, well, you've given me a little bit of a hint, but I've never heard of this. So I'm pretty pumped. Well, this one, this is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Sorry, I've been wanting to do that since we started this podcast. I'm into it already. (laughs) Let's go. She looks so sad in photographs and I absolutely love her. Who sings that? Is that Avril Lavigne? What? That, no. Oh shit! Who is it again? It's some band. It's not. It's a dude singer. Okay. Well, you like Avril Lavigne, so I thought it was just. I love her. Avril. She's my girl. She's my girl. I'm not afraid <laughs> to admit that. No, you're not. Um, but anyways, this is the story of a girl. Um, but it's okay, not. Okay, it song. actually is. It is. Okay. Um, this is the story, um, of who put Bella in the witch elm. This is a mystery that has been baffling people for years. Kiwi just jumped up as a as a visitor here, so he may bump microphones. He's doing good so far. So far, he might he might bother you, but he's he's an attention whore. Let's put it that way. (laughs) He likes his attention. Yep. Okay, so let's get into this on who put Bella in the witch elm. Wow. Okay. Okay. So on April eighteenth, nineteen forty three. At the height of the Second World War, four boys were in the area of Witchbury Hill. This is a hill situated off Birmingham Road uh, in Worcestershire, England. Oh, okay. I thought I totally thought I was going to butcher that. You actually did that really good because I I almost cringed for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's like one of the worst words to pronounce in the English language. I I just nailed it. I would honestly probably not even do the case if I had to say that fucking word. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a legitimate response right there. I I was mortified about it. I think I I think that's the only time I put it in here. So I think I'm I'm good from here on out. Good job. So, anyways, the four boys uh, were Robert Hart, Thomas Willets. Bob Farmer and Fred Payne. Okay. Now these four boys, they were out poaching and bird nesting. Okay. In the Hagley Wood. What does that mean? Bird nesting? I'll get into it here in a second. Oh, okay. Um, in Hagley Wood, which is like this specific forested area. Okay. And it's a part of the Hagley estate, which belongs to Lord Cobham um, near Witchbury Hill. So it's this estate land owned by this dude, basically. 
So it's private property. So okay, yeah, I was just gonna say they're like trespassing, basically. Yeah. Okay, so like the the poaching and bird nesting, it wasn't an uncommon thing, uh, really, because we're talking World War II, which is like people are low on rations, you know, families are mm. pretty poverty stricken yeah. sort of thing. Okay. So basically, what they're doing is they're going out searching and raiding bird nests for eggs. Really? Yeah. So they're trying okay. to they're scavenging for food where they okay. can is what they're yeah. doing. Aww. So yeah, they're out trying to find find eggs for their families and stuff. Hmm. It's kind of sad. It is. I can't imagine having to go through a time where you're actually out looking for eggs just to survive. Yeah, because I can't imagine it's like tasty there that the eggs are finding. Well, I mean, depends on the eggs, really. But, I guess. But yeah, I yeah. mean, food is food at that point in time, That's right? That's true. That's true. Okay. So while they're out looking in the woods and searching for these these nests and eggs, they came across a large witch elm tree, um, which would be an ideal location for for birds to nest in. Right. So one of the boys, Bob, began to climb the tree and look for a nest. As he climbed, he glanced down into the hollow trunk of the tree and saw a skull sitting in the darkness oh, amongst the branches. That would be such a scary sight. It. I can't imagine. I would have shit myself. Oh, yeah. I would have fallen out of the tree. <laughs> Broke a leg? He didn't shit himself. He didn't fall out of a tree. He didn't break a leg. At first, he actually thought it was an animal skull. Oh, you know, okay. something that, that wouldn't made be of, that scary then. Made of crawled in the tree, you know, to like die of old age or something mm -hmm. like that or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Um, he quickly realized that when he grabbed the skull to pick it up, there was long hair attached and the human <gasps> teeth gave away just oh. for him to realize it wasn't an animal. It was human remains. Oh, man. Okay, so like the hair stays attached to these skulls. Well, like think like dried skin and stuff. Like it, like when you find a bone, there's stuff stuck to it. Still, it's not perfectly bleached clean, depending on how long it's been there. I guess. So there was still hair, not fully attached, but there was still hair attached to the skull. I don't really know if I've really seen anything like that, so I don't. I have no idea. I've got a picture I can show you later. Okay. Okay. An actual picture of the skull that was found. So Really? So we, we already went over this. The boys were doing a few things wrong here. They were trespassing on property. Yeah. Right? So they were poaching. Like it's it's not, they weren't doing things they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so they ended up putting the skull back and the four boys decided they were they would return home and they wouldn't mention their discovery to anybody. Really? It was going to remain a secret between the four boys. Oh, that's kind of shocking. But we all know what happens when you're like, we're not going to talk. It's going to be a secret. Someone talks. Yeah. Always. When they're young, right? Yeah. I believe yeah. they were like like young teenagers, like 14 or something like that. Yeah. So that's not going to get held in. Yeah. So once they got home, the youngest boy, Thomas, he didn't like what happened. He didn't sit easy with them, right? So. Mm -hmm. So he reported what he found to his parents. Okay. His parents, in turn, quickly called the police, um, and the Hagley Wood quickly transformed from a quiet, somber forest into a sorrow and active crime scene. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine just being out in the, bo the bush with the boys kind of things, hanging out with the friends, and you're just like, we just found a dead body. I know. That seems to happen a lot in well, Hollywood, though. Well, that's honestly, too, how, like, a lot of bodies are found though it's like people going for a walk or something or yep. like fishing or something and they come across like like if i ever found a dead body i would i think that would haunt me for life probably <laughs> like that's terrifying so they found oh. a dead body imagine going for a run your morning run you find a dead body that's what these boys are doing that's yeah. what happened that's what they're going through 
Yikes. So the skull that was found clearly is valuable evidence. Um, in that, it still had some tufts of hair, you know, mm-hmm. could have some DNA, could show what the person may have looked looked like, whatever that is. Well, it's, uh, and I'm just going to say it's good that they probably said something because they touched, or the one boy at least touched it. It's like... Well, I've seen mixed reports on it. That's why I didn't include this on here, how they picked it up. Some reports said they picked it up with a stick. Oh, okay. So I wasn't, I, I couldn't find definitive answers on that. Well, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to just grab it. Ugh. And this is in the 40s too. I'm not too sure how fingerprints necessarily mm, were true. either. So. True, true. So they also had dental patterns, despite some missing teeth, but the police, hold on. I totally missed my sentence up, messed my sentence up there. <laughs> That's Okay. Okay, okay. So, yeah, they still had a clear dental pattern despite some missing teeth. Okay. There we go. I want to know how old this person is. We're getting into it. So, the police not only pulled a skull from the Witch Elm Hollow, there was also an entire skeleton inside the tree. The only thing that was missing was a hand. Further investigation revealed a trail of finger bones scattered around the outside of the tree as well to make up said missing hand. Really? Yep. That's kind of odd. Definitely. <laughs> and there, that kind of plays into some theories later on too. Like that's really weird. Just they removed their fingers and sprinkled it around the friggin' tree yes. like it was sparkles? <laughs> like it was sparkles. Like, <laughs> just some fairy dust. That's weird. Well, there's, there's some, we'll get into it later, okay. but one of the things is it could potentially be animal even, right? Animals could have gotten oh, to the bones, that pulled took it away. The hand or something. Right? Okay. So, I mean, we don't know for sure. I guess. Police also found clothing remnants, a shoe inside the tree, and the other shoe was outside the tree, a gold wedding ring, and some costume jewelry on and around the remnants. Hmm. Aside from these few clues, there was no solid evidence that could identify the body. And until an autopsy was performed, there was no way of knowing how long that body had actually been hidden inside the witch elm. Interesting. So now we're starting to get into a little bit more of the body. Now I'm going to be able to answer some things like you're talking about with age. I have like a million questions. Like I'm not honestly holding back so much. Okay. For hit, some reason. Hit me with a couple of questions. I'm not going to answer them right now. Just hit me and let's see what's on your mind. I'm curious. Okay. Well, I want to know how old they are for mm-hmm. one. Um, now they've all left me for some reason. <laughs> Just how old are they? That's no, it. no, there was another one that was like burning and I put it aside. Oh my gosh. What the heck was it? Oh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's so... going to come back to me and I'm going to interrupt you and ask. Oh, great. Okay. Well, moving on from that. Once the remains were recovered from the tree, medical examiner, professional, um, sorry, Professor James Webster was called in to investigate. Okay. He discovered a number of crucial facts about the remains. Uh, he was able to identify the body was female remains. Okay, and that be- was one question. He believed the woman had passed away approximately 18 months prior to being discovered. So that would put it in October of 1941. Okay. Yeah, which provided months a there. fairly specific timeline to police, which was good. Because my other question was like, could it? Could they just have crawled in there and then got stuck and then died? Maybe it's not even foul play. That was my other thing. That kind of gets into some theories, which I didn't really touch on that one specifically. Um, but there was some talk about a person climbing in there on their own and they wouldn't have been able to do so without severely harming themselves. Oh, okay. Okay. So, 
Okay. Theoretically. So. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I, I wasn't supposed to answer your question. Shit, I just did. Damn it. <laughs> I, that happened last um, episode too. We're bad for that. Yeah, we're bad. Okay. We just like to answer each other. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Okay. <laughs> moving on, moving on and not answering your questions anymore. Listen to the story. Figure it <laughs> okay. out. Okay. Okay. So Professor Webster also deduced that the woman had met her and close to the scene. He realized that with the small opening in the hollow of the witch elm, she wouldn't have been able to be put inside the tree after the body had the effects of rigor mortis. In other words, her body oh. had been shoved inside the witch elm still warm, which does lead people into that theory of maybe she got in there on her own. Okay. So Interesting. Um, and there is a quote here actually from the medical examiner, uh, Professor James Webster. Um, it's an excellent place for the concealment of a murder, and I think it indicates local knowledge. Well, that does actually seem like an awesome place to store a body. Yeah, and if you look at like what a witch elm looks like, it's not really any tree that you would think of. It's almost like this big mass of jumbled twigs and branches, and like the trunk is super thick, but it's made up of like almost several different trees. Oh, and okay. then it's like fairly stumpy with like major branches going out. So it's like this crazy mass of shit. And it'd be a great place to put a body. <laughs> Are you going to post a picture of what it uh, like a tree like that looks like? Yeah, probably could. At least in our stories because yeah. I'm intrigued. Or I mean, if you're if you're not wanting to see your Instagram, there's always Google. But yeah, I'll definitely at least go to our stories. Instagram. <laughs> I was trying to be nice <laughs> and not push our social media. Okay, so Professor Webster's finding also indicated that the woman had been approximately 35 years old at the time of her death. Okay, it's pretty young. She had light brown hair and had been found to have given birth to one child and her skeleton measured just, just, just five, sorry, I wrote that funny. That's okay. Just five feet in height. Oh, okay. Her bones also showed that she had no signs of disease or trauma. But her lower jaw showed natural irregularities and distinctive overlapping front teeth on the bottom. So because of these irregularities in the jaw, police were confident they were they would soon establish her identity. Oh, okay. I was like, what does that mean? Okay. So I get she's it. got fairly distinctive bottom teeth. Well, and and she's quite short too. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. And there was actually one tooth that had recently been pulled. I didn't put this in here, but it's worth noting. Okay. There's one tooth that was actually recently pulled. So they're confident that maybe they could find a dental record of someone right. missing, you know, with this yeah. dental record. It seemed like a good place where they're going to be able to find who this person is. And I should say she's petite, not short, because there's nothing wrong with being five feet. Space efficient. There you right? go. There you go. Yeah. There and go. she's a mom. Yeah. So yeah, there's quite a few little, like, little details there. Definitely. So these facts were, of course, crucial. All these facts that we've been talking about to the investigation, uh, the t determining facts um, exactly on what made her meet her end was more difficult than anticipated, though. It was not certain exactly the cause of her death, there, hmm. but there was a piece of taffeta found shoved in her mouth. And taffeta, I had to, had to Google this. <laughs> okay. I was like, because I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, taffeta, and this is directly from Google, or I believe it was Wikipedia, uh, this is defined as a fine, lustrous silk or similar synthetic fabric with a crisp texture. So there we go. It's a piece of cloth, basically. Okay. Like she could have gotten it. Uh, what would that be called? It 
have it over her, her mouth or whatever, like asphyxiated. Asphyxiated. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. I was like, it was not coming to my brain. My next line here: This led investigators to believe the cause of her death may have been asphyxiation. Okay, but but one thing though, this this cloth is. Where did this come from? It's not matching her clothes or anything. It's just this random cloth shoved in her throat. Hmm. So kind of weird, kind of sus, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Yeah, but I feel like if you were doing that to someone, you would take whatever you had that you were doing it with. Yeah, I don't know. I would anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but I, I <laughs> it would. It means you're careful. You're going to cover your tracks. <laughs> but I mean, if it was someone who shoved it down her throat... And then they shoved her in a witch elm. They're like, no one's ever going to find her. That's true. They probably, and especially 18 months later, like actually that's not that long. They probably anticipated it would have been way longer. Probably. Years and years. Well, private property off in this bush on this chunk like of Like never witch found, elm. probably. Yeah, exactly. I would have thought if it was me putting that body there, I'd be like, good luck. Not yeah. happening. Yeah. But if there's anything that this podcast is teaching me, it's that, uh, yeah, you need to cover your tracks because you're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. So. You are. So clearly police were keen to establish an identity of the female victim. And Mm -hmm. of course, the identity of someone who may or may not have murdered said victim. Right. Um, This pushed them to actually put and publish a probable description of the victim uh, out in the paper in hopes that the public may help find this individual. Mm -hmm. And they published it on April 24th, 1943. Okay. And this is what the probable description said. Her age is given as between 25 and 40, most probably 35. Height, 5 feet, with light brown hair and dressed in dark blue and mustard-colored striped cardigan and mustard-colored skirt. Blue crepe sole shoes, size 5 and a half. All the garments were described as poor quality and a wedding ring found among the bones of was of rolled gold. That's a really good description. It is. Like really good. So that's what they had to go on for the public to be kind of helping them and try and get identified for this person. Okay. The description didn't lead to much. It did lead to some tips being called in and such, but none of them really came out with helpful information after being investigated. So they were kind of just dead ends. No one really had any information. Which is sure interesting because I feel like just the fact alone that she was wearing a wedding ring... That's someone you think would be missing her. Would think. Huh. Okay. I'm very intrigued. Hopefully some answers. Like, I know you said this (laughs) is a mystery, but I'm like, I need to know a bit more here. (laughs) Well, let's see where we go. So we already talked about the dental record. Um, While they were investigating leads from the call-ins, police were also chasing the dental records. Okay. And like I said, the distinctive protruding teeth. They were hoping that, you know, we got someone who should be fairly identifiable. But it was to no avail. They couldn't find anything in dental records. Hmm. Useless. Useless. Dang. Yeah. So. Dang, dang. Um, but her dental records also became a point of contention, though, for some uh, who believe that this woman may have actually not been from the British area at all. Okay. That could so. actually super explain it then yeah i mean there's no dental records of her around here or anything so because even if she was from a different area and was reported missing this local um the local police might not have no idea exactly so we're going to get into a little bit of that later on okay Hmm. theories are at the end okay interesting they also tediously searched through piles and piles of missing persons reports to see if any of them matched the description of the deceased right but again there were no leads 
And I can only imagine going through the missing persons reports for that because we're talking World War II here. Oh. How many missing persons do you think there are? No kidding. So, yeah. That definitely adds to it, doesn't it? Yep. Never thought about that. So the investigation then turned towards the personal effects found on the scene. The crepe sold shoes were traced to a company called Waterfoot Company in Lancashire, England. Investigators were able to actually find all but six pairs of shoes that were sold from a market stall in Dudley, a town approximately 18 kilometers from Birmingham where the remains were found. But they didn't find all the shoes or like where they all went to, so they couldn't find one of the victims that it was sold, which happened to be this body in the tree. So oh, dang. again, a cold trail. Huh. They're like doing so much here. They are doing a lot. And everything <laughs> is impressed. cold. I'm Everything's impressed. cold. The complexity of this like investigation just meant like everything was getting colder by every week that went past. And it was ridiculous. Hmm. The numerous tragedies over war actually like swallowed up um, the focus on this case, though. What actually happened is because they're not making any progress on this case, people are getting distracted, not really talking about it much, and oh, it just kind of almost got okay. forgotten about and pushed aside. Oh, really? Hey? Yeah. Because that is honestly one thing that probably helps so much. Well, it helps with like anything really is word of mouth, hey? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So there was uh, an inquest for what was being called the tree murder riddle at the time, um, and the verdict returned as murder by some person or persons unknown. Hmm. And that seemed to be the end of the case. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Until. Okay, I'm like, well, that's not <laughs> satisfying for me. Can we go on a little yep, more? <laughs> there's a little more here. Until Christmas of 1943, the case took an even more perplexing twist, which was about six months after the investigation started, mysterious graffiti began to appear in the area. Oh. Chalked on a wall of an empty premises in Birmingham were the words, who put Bella down the witch elm, Hagleywood. Wow. This marked the first time the mysterious murdered woman had been given a, a name. A name, yeah, because I'm like, they had no idea even her name. They had no idea her name, and all of a sudden she's now being called Bella. Bella, which I actually really like that name. It's a nice name. It's a really nice name. So the writing on the wall was considered to be too high for any of the young kids in the area or anything to just be doing a harmless prank. Okay. So it was considered that it was an adult doing this. 
and they took it very seriously. Well, yeah, because this adult obviously had some inside info. If it was accurate. Touche. Because it could just be made of I would believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Look at that. It's true. Her name's Bella. (laughs) So shortly after discovering the writing, um, another message was actually discovered. It had been reported months prior to this one, but had, oh. net, but had not yet been connected to the case, okay. making this the first connected, but the second one in the series of graffitis. Oh. The other message that was done months prior read, who put Lubella down the witch elm? And it was on a house on Hayden Hill Road, not far from the area. And this was even before... Okay, wait, would that have been before the body was found? No, it was after because this... Okay, right. It was like six months later or whatever. Yeah, so it would have been... I couldn't find exactly when the first one on the house was written. So I'm assuming it was probably like three months or something like that after the body was found. And then when the second one was found six months later, they realized that the first one was also part of it. So So, yeah, a little bit of a topsy-turvy thing going on there. But we have two messages discovered. Yeah, someone's playing with them. Yep. Now, both these messages were done in the exact same handwriting, and the spelling for Witch Elm was done exactly correct because Witch Elm isn't W-I-T-C-H. It's W-Y-C-H. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So they both were in the same handwriting and spelled the name of the tree correct, which most people would spell it incorrect. Huh. Interesting. So it gave police very good reason to suspect that this was the same person and they had good knowledge of what, what may they were have doing. happened. Yes. Yeah. So now people were on the lookout for someone named Bella and they were once again looking for the public's help. So in 1944, more messages actually began to appear with similar writings and words, but eventually they began to all say the same thing. Who put Bella in the witch elm? To oh this day, they haven't been able to identify Bella and the graffiti artist is also unidentified i did find one i did find one source it was a youtube video where i can't remember the channel but it was this youtube video very well populated youtube channel they claimed that the graffiti artist was found and it was just some random dude fucking with the police they had no sources i searched up and down i couldn't find any source for any of that information everything i found the graffiti artist has never been found Hmm. So I'm just going to throw that stipulation out there that there might be something, but I couldn't find anything about that. Interesting. Well, that's not satisfying at all. I want to (laughs) know. So through the decades, um, as more and more notable messages appeared in the same handwriting as well. I just have to say one thing really quickly, though. If it was just some rando person who like had no connection to this case whatsoever, like, I don't feel like they'd go on with it. Like, it I don't just think so bored, either. It's boring, right? and what's the point? Right. So and I think that this person knows something or had something to do with it. I think so, too. And, like, continuing through the decades, the same person was writing messages, and they could identify through the handwriting, you know. It's, yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't think. Of course, it's copycats, though. They are getting copycat messages. Oh, they can identify. Frig. They can identify which are copycat and which are not. But, uh at one point, I believe it was like in the 70s or something like that, was the last message from the original handwriting. Really? So um, it went on forever. It did. We are still getting messages to this day, though, from copycats. 
What a waste of resources. Don't be a copycat. But uh, the message has been slightly altered over time. And now the message is who put Bella in the witch elm, spelling it the incorrect way, W-I-T-C-H. Okay, because it's not the main person. Exactly. And they're just thinking it's spelled that way. Okay. To people out there who are SMRT thinking that they got this no you well, just I, dumb. Would, I would spell it wrong stay at home play your call of duty we don't want to talk to you fuck off so huh. anyways a little more modern part to this story um where where am i here okay so before we do get to the theories um professor caroline wilkinson um of the craniofacial identification at dundee university re- recently released photographs a recently used photographs taken at the time to digitally reconstruct what Bella may have looked like. Okay, that's cool. She could not use the actual skull, though. She had to go by photographs. Um, and I want to ask, why do you think she was not able to use the skull? Well, I was thinking my first thought was because they don't have it anymore. Yep, the skull was lost. <laughs> they lost <gasps> Bella's fucking skull. Like the police? Yeah. What the shit? Really? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, maybe they like like buried it or something. No. How do you lose a fucking skull? I, I don't know. It had been housed at the Birmingham <laughs> Birmingham Forensics Lab, then moved to the Polity City base. Um, Someone and, must have stole it or something. That's messed. I don't know. The skull's whereabouts are not known. Cool. And it's actually been like admitted by police. Yeah, we don't fucking know. That's sad. There's been investigators looking into it and they can't find documentation or anything on where her skull is. Nothing. It's just gone. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I feel like someone would have to s- steal it then. Maybe. Potentially. I, or it would have been nice if she was like laid to rest, but okay. So you're going to hate me for this, but great. that is all we know about Bella and the Witch Elm. I figured that was coming. We don't know very much. So they don't even, haven't even fully identified her. They don't even fully know if her name is Bella. Nope, we do not. Bella is just, as of right now, a pseudonym. That's crazy. Yeah. And she has a kid. Somewhere out there, yeah. And a husband, apparently. Somewhere out there. That doesn't make any sense. So we are going to get into the theories, though. And there's some stuff in here that's that's kind of crazy, cray cray. Let's let's Did hear this. Did they check the other trees? Maybe the fell families in there. I'm sure they would have checked the other trees. Like the whole forest was basically a crime scene at that point, right? Oh, okay. So well, there goes that theory. I need you to talk for a minute because I'm going to take a sip of coffee. <sighs> Enjoy your coffee, Ben. We'll have a pause break here. Can you can you sing us some Jeopardy music? Do 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 do. That, that was spat coffee. Is that everywhere. Jeopardy? It is. Okay. Because you gave me a look. I was like, am I singing the wrong song? I just didn't expect you to actually do it. And then the enthusiasm in it. You didn't give a fuck. I loved it. (laughs) You asked me to do something. I did did it for once. Yeah, good job. Usually I never listen to what you ask. You don't ever listen to me at all. I'm not very good at listening. Yeah. Get married, kids. This is this is what you have to look forward to. Oh, it it's not great, Ben. It <laughs> is great. I never said it was bad at all. I said this is get married, kids. This is what you have to look with forward to. With very little enthusiasm, though. Yeah, just like you sang Jeopardy with. Well, very I did, I wasn't talking about my marriage. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways, let's move on here. I love you, babe. <laughs> 
I love you, babe. Oh, love you too. Wow, Sorry. thanks. Oh, Leaving gosh. me. Jesus, hanging there. Wow, cut me deep. Okay, let's get onto the theories. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So the first theory is it was a ritualistic thing. So Bella's identity came two years uh, after her discovery. There was Margaret Murray, a philosopher professor at folklorist or and folklorist at University College in London. She theorized that the real answer to Bella's end lay in the fact that one of her hands was detached from the body. Its fingers were scattered around the witch elm. Sprinkled, you mean? Sprinkled, yes. <laughs> Actually, I think you said glittered around. I think or you might sparkled. have said sparkled around. Oh, there dang. you go. Okay. Sparkled around. Okay. So she she cited an occult ritual called Hand of Glory, in which the hand of a person who is perished on the gallows, which Bella did not, in the gallows, you know what gallows are? Like hanging gallows? Okay. Um, so she was not. However, she was asphyxiated. So that might have been like a, a step in the right direction of saying that. But anyways, the severed hand could be used uh, for supernatural purposes in this ritual. Okay, but I'm already confused. Like, sorry, was she art? They art. They use an already dead person for this ritual, or like, they were like sacrificing her. I believe sacrificing. Yes. Okay, so if it was like a cult thing, like probably no one would ever say. Yeah, exactly. And there were, were rumors of riches and witches' sabbaths. There we go. Um, in the Hagley Woods, and it made its way around the community very fast, and people knew about it. Um, and Margaret, along with many others, are convinced that Bella had been sacrificed by her coven in a witch trial. To this day, people are enthralled with this theory. Police, however, can't find any evidence to link this theory to the Hagleywood remains. That's interesting. It honestly kind of makes like a lot of sense that, it, that the police wouldn't find anything with that, really. Yeah. The only thing that I'm thinking about, though, is if the hand was severed. There is a very, very high chance you're going to see marks on the wrist or something like that from a knife, like in the bones. Right. Yeah. Because. And that was never said anywhere. That was never said anywhere. There was never, as far as I've found, there were no marks of any cutting or sawing or anything mm -hmm. on the bones, which okay. is you're going to either go through bone or you're going to go through the wrist joint. And yeah. to go through that joint, you have to be very precise to not touch a bone. Right. Because, I mean, I've, I've done butchering as a hunter, right? 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of the time, you're hacking at bone and, like, sawing at awkward angles to get through joints. And it's... And that would have been noticed. Yeah, it would have been noticed. So, I think that one's out the window. Just, be just because of that, eh? Just because of that. So, but does, did you ever find anything? Does it say that the hand was, like, torn off? Or that's what we're assuming it was? The hand was separate from the body. It never said any, nowhere does it ever say the hand was cut, ripped or anything. The hand is separate from the body. That's it. Because mm. I'm assuming they say that and not cut because there are no marks to say it was cut. So they can't tell. So yeah. I'm going to say the hand was separated naturally. But how though? Like how would an animal, animal have gotten in there? And what kind of animal? Rat. I guess. Yeah, I guess. So Ripley, <laughs> like when she found that bone down the hill that one time. Oh, at my parents' place. She hit the jackpot. She was oh, so yeah. happy. Oh, yeah. She was just like tickled pink with yeah. herself. <laughs> comes running up the hill with a moose bone. Yeah. Well, let's clarify. It was a moose yeah. bone. <laughs> no, she comes up with a human femur. <laughs> okay. The second and most popular theory is that she was a Nazi spy. 
Sounds far-fetched, but let's get into it, and I'm going to explain why. Okay. Uh, this theory came to year uh, came to light like 10 years later. A woman going by the name of Anna of Claverly wrote a letter to the local newspaper stating that she had information regarding Bella's death. It just so happened... Or Hold on, sorry. I just so happened... There we go. I wrote this little, like, proud of myself moment in here. Uh, it just so happened I managed to find this letter. And, like, Ooh. through scouring of the internet, this was so hard to find. Good but work. But I found the fucking letter. Oh, that's amazing. I love when that happens. So the letter that she wrote to the paper okay. says this. Finish your articles, RE, the witch elm crimes, by all means. They are interesting to your readers. But you will never solve the mystery. The one person who could give the answer is now beyond the jurisdictions of earthly courts. The affair is closed and involves no witches, black magic, or moonlight rites. Much as I hate having to use non plume, whatever that means, I think you would appreciate if you I would think you would appreciate it if you knew me. The only clue I can give you are that the persons responsible for the crime died insane in 1942, and the victim was Dutch and arrived in England illegally about 1941. I have no wish to recall any more. That's kind of like a confusing letter. I'm not going to lie. Well, basically, she's saying the person responsible for said person's death also died. They're not alive anymore. Yeah. Okay. I gathered that. And the person who died, Bella, um, was Dutch and arrived in England illegally in 1941. Oh, okay. That's essentially what it's saying. What it's saying. Yeah. So the person who wrote this letter, Anna, was later identified as Una Mosop and was interviewed by a journalist, Wilfred Byford Jones, who later published the letter I just wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said that Bella had been a German spy okay, who worked for, or sorry, worked with a British officer among some other colorful characters in the army and all that sort of stuff. Um, so according to Anna, Bella was a member of the spy ring seeking information about the local municipal, uh, munis- <laughs> munitions factories. I kept like almost wanting to say municipal, but. Well, that's what I thought you were going to yeah, say. No, okay. Munitions factory. So ammo, making ammunition. Okay. Right? Yep. Uh, so she alleged that her pilot husband, Jack Mosop, had witnessed Bella's death. Who's who's the husband? Whose husband? Anna's husband? Yes. Okay. An- Anna's real name. Oh, okay. Sorry, um, I thought is, it was Bella's husband. I was no. like, huh? Okay. Anna is the pseudonym for the person who wrote the letter. Right. Okay. They were found to be Una Mosop. Okay. So according to Anna or Una, I guess... Um, Bella was a member of a spy ring seeking information about the location of the factories, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I backtracked a little bit there. That's okay. Um, okay, so she alleged that her pilot husband, Jack, had witnessed Bella's death. Bella apparently got into a deep, got in too deep uh, with the spy ring uh, and a Dutchman called Van Ralt. One evening, Van Ralt accompanied Bella and picked up Jack in his car. And shortly after, Van Ralt strangled the woman, Bella. Bella. Um, allegedly because of her spy associations, Mm -hmm. resulting in her body getting stuffed inside the witch elm. Jack, Mm. shortly after, was committed to a Stanford mental hospital because he kept having reoccurring dreams of a woman staring out at him from a tree. Oh, gosh. He died in hospital shortly before the body of Bella was found in the witch elm. 
Okay, and also, and I just realized too in my head that like Bella's family, like if it was times of the war and stuff, could have died too, and that's yeah. could be why she like never got reported missing. Oh, exactly. That missing persons report—that's a very yeah. real thing. Yeah. That yeah. There's theories that you know she could have been just another casualty of war, never reported missing. So right. That is a true, very true thing because we are in the height of World War II, mm-hmm. and this whole spy thing, missing persons thing, like that's very real stuff for this time. Hmm. There is another variation of the story, though, that because uh, this one that I just read comes from Anna or Usa. Okay. Um, this variation, uh, not from her, but this variation goes that the three, those three people, uh, were drinking at a pub and it said that Bella became drunk and passed out while they were driving home. So the men, for whatever fucking reason or another, shoved her inside the witch elm tree as like a prank or something. And okay. she just fucking died in there. And couldn't get out. Yeah. Kids, don't shove people in trees as a prank. That's a fucking dumb thing to do. Yeah, that... I don't think that... I don't know. Yeah. That one just is dumb. Okay. So another one is she was actually an actress who was also kind of spyish espionage. Anyways. So in January of 1941, a German man named Joseph Jacobs had parachuted into the Hagleywood area and was captured. Uh, he told the home guard that he was... He was going to make contact with a woman named Clara Borel. Borel? Anyways, sorry. Clara from here on out. Okay. Jacobs explained that Clara had been a German cabaret singer and actress before being recruited as a German spy. This actually really reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, uh, Inglorious Back, Inglorious Bastards. There's an actress in there who's all like cabaret singer and stuff and very oh, much so. Okay. Um, a spy as well. Yeah. But uh, she's not on the German side. She's on the other side. But anyways, I thought maybe it was like inspired by. But hmm. anyways. Interesting. Okay. Well, it not at one point when they first started writing those messages, like the graffiti? Yeah. Wasn't it something before Bella? Like it was a different. Wasn't Lou it? Bella. Lou Bella. It was Lou Bella was the first message. And then oh, after okay. that, it was referred to as Bella. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. After thoroughly investigating Jacobs, the man who parachuted in, though, authorities determined that he could not be released and was killed by firing squad. Uh, he was actually the last person to perish at the Tower of London. Uh, this, though, begs the question, could the remains in the Hagley Wood be, you know, Clara, who had never managed to rendezvous with Jacobs? There is actually a historical document that shows that Clara was actually a real person. Uh, she was a cabaret singer and an actress who performed both in Germany and in England. For a time, it seemed, though, that she vanished without a trace after 1941, with no film credits or anything to connect her appearances to anything. Um, and she would have been 35 in 1941, same age of the remains as Bella. Was she married? Uh, I'm not too sure about that one. Huh. However... Did she have a child? I don't know that one. <laughs> I didn't do an abundant my, research I know, sorry, Clara. my brain is just, like, going here. However... There is a release of a long-lost, quote-unquote, long-lost German records, which indicate Clara had actually died in German in Germany in 1942, um, largely putting this theory to rest. But I just want to say, um, cover-ups from government spies in World War II may be something that's keeping us from knowing the truth. Like, I'm sure oh, that's not an abnormal thing. Yeah. Oh, she was really a spy? No, she just actually just died. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. So this is just, it's not at this point, just never going to get solved. There is another theory. The last theory here that I'm going to cover, and there's some other minor ones out there that are just kind of like completely left wing. Okay. Um, but this other, this last one here I'm going to talk about, uh, she was actually a prostitute. 
Okay. Uh, so the speculation is that Bella may have been someone with a transient lifestyle, a person not e easily traced in life, thus not particularly missed in death. Um, it's suggested that Bella was a prostitute who worked in the streets around Hagley Road. According to police files, there was a Bella who disappeared in 1941, which would fit the timeline of events, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, locals point out the fact that gypsies had camped out in the vicinity of Hagley Woods during 1941. And the theory is perhaps Bella was one of them and for one reason or another was killed by a member of her own community and hidden away in the witch elm. And since she was just a gypsy, a wanderer, a transient, just no one cared to or have known of her disappearance. Hmm. Interesting. And being like that too, you could just have jewelry and have had it on your finger and it meant nothing really too. Yeah. And, and to note that, uh, that rolled gold wedding ring was quote unquote cheap as well. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. And that is the story of who put Bella in the witch elm still unsolved to this day. And I'm going to assume never to be solved, especially considering the fact that we don't know where her fucking head is. Oh Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. That's really bad. Do they have the rest of her body? <laughs> or did that happen to go missing too? I would assume they have the rest of her body. I would assume, but I mean, I don't know. Jeez. Huh. So. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. These cases are kind of fun. And the fact that it just like gets your... Your gears turn in your a bit, imagination, you know? You think, you try and like put those things together. Yeah. Even if the theories are completely left wing, like don't make any sense or whatever, it's fun to humor them sometimes. Yeah. So huh. my my theory, I'm, I think I'm going to go more for the transient one. The gypsy thing? I think so. I think hmm. Bella just happened to be someone who may have been not from the area. So come in with a gypsy caravan or some sort or just traveling along made her way in and was camping around, living around, doing whatever she wanted just to, to kind of live and get by for one reason or another. She got in it with someone else and they killed her and hit her body. That one does make a lot of sense because it makes a lot of sense in, that she never got reported, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think that one I like that one does make a lot of sense but then also the the um the spy one too. That letter being written in though too, hey? But it was 10 years after the fact that it was written in. Huh. So, who knows? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what you guys yeah, think. Yeah, I want to know. This is It's always interesting to hear what other people think too. I've got quite a few photos. I'm going to be posting them up. So Sweet. I'll probably do like two separate posts at least for this one. Okay. Let us know. I'm intrigued. Yeah. And until we see your guys' messages, make sure you guys stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.